word of God is for our learning and our doing. Amen. Amen. The word of God is for our learning. Can we please take our seats? The word of God is for our learning and for our doing. And when we talk about the humanity of the Holy Spirit, I think you can write this down. Amen. When we talk about the humanity of the Holy Spirit, we are talking about the physicality of the Spirit. You see, we are talking about the physicality of the Holy Ghost. We are talking about the physicality of the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit is God. And we also know the Holy Spirit is a spirit being. Amen. Amen. But the Holy Spirit owns a body. Amen. Are you writing something down? So we say the Holy Spirit is a spirit being, which is true. And the Holy Spirit is God, which is true. The third person of the Trinity, or the third person of the Godhead, rather, the third person of the Godhead, that is, he is revealed first. You see, it's revealed in Genesis as the first person. He, 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 he comes in, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. But he is regarded as the last in the Godhead because of his work now. Now we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is God and the Holy Spirit is a spirit being. But when we are talking about the, the humanity of the spirit, we are talking about the physicality of the spirit. We are, that means that, write it down, we are talking about the humanity of the Holy Ghost we are talking about the physicality of the Holy Spirit. The physicality of the Holy Spirit. And that means, that actually means that the Holy Spirit owns a body. He's not just occupying a body. He's in possession of a body. So because he's in possession of a body, we can identify him with the body that belongs to him. And that's what makes us name whatever we are sharing today, the humanity of the spirit. So we can identify him with the body that he owns. Amen. Amen. For instance, we can say that this is Sister Steph's body. Is that not true? This is Sister Steph's hand. But Sister Steph is not a body. Sister Steph is a spirit being. See, she's a spirit being. But she, she lives in a body. So we can say that this hand or that hand, when she stretches forth her hand, belongs to Sister Steph. Is that true? That's what makes us say that she is human. Sometimes, oh, he is human. Oh, she is human. Oh, is this a physical being? Well, we are trying to identify that spirit being that resides in that body with the body. Did you hear what I said? But in this way, in this manner, we are saying that the Holy Spirit, the humanity of the spirit, because the Holy Spirit is identified with the body that he owns. That means that 
the Holy Spirit is not just a spirit being hovering around or moving around, but it's a spirit being tabernacled in a physical body so that we have what we call the physical presence of the spirit. Write it down. We have what we call the physical presence of the spirit or the physical presence of the Holy Ghost or the bodily presence of the Holy Ghost or the bodily presence of the spirit. The bodily presence. So that somebody who is a Christian can show up here and we say that this is a bodily presence of the spirit. Why? Because, like I said on Sunday, that when we are born again, we are in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us. So a Christian can show up and say, this is the bodily presence. We actually describe Christians like that. And we will go into that as we, as we move further. I want to read certain scriptures. Who understood what I just shared right now? So we are not talking about the humanity of the Spirit as a, something different from when we say the humanity of a person, of, 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 of a human being. Why? Because that human being is not a human body. That human being is a spirit being. But we can say it's a human being. Why do we say that? Because a spirit is tabernacled in a body. If you caught I just shout glory. So we are talking about the bodily presence. And it's important that we understand the, the difference and the union. Such that the scripture says that in him dwelleth all the fullness of Godhead bodily, describing Jesus. Said in Jesus is the bodily, the fullness of Godhead bodily. So Jesus is the fullness of God. So he could have said, just said that in him dwells all the fullness of God. But in Paul's writing, he draws our attention, that's Colossians chapter 2, from verse 9 to 10. Shout hallelujah to that. In Paul's writing, he says that in him, talking about Jesus, or in Christ, he says, dwells the fullness, the totality of God. So we could say that Christ is the totality of God. But he didn't end with that. He added bodily. So that we know that in Christ is the totality of God bodily. So Christ is the bodily totality of God. That means that that totality of God is tabernacled or templed in a body. Why? Because of the significance of the body also. Did you cover what I said? So God is, is, more, is more interested in what we, who we have in us. But he's also very interested in what is carrying who we are. Did you hear what I said? So God is not just interested in our spirits or just interested in the Holy Ghost. He's also interested in the body. So when we say that the physicality of the Holy Spirit, we are saying that the presence of God is the Spirit of God is tabernacled, templed in a physical body. And that physical body is indispensable in the workings of the Holy Spirit or in the, how shall I even put it? When it comes to the habitation of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because without that body that we are identifying the Holy Spirit with, the Holy Spirit cannot fully function on the earth realm. Did you hear what I said? 
That is how important our identification of the body with the Holy Spirit is. Without the, Holy Go without the body, the Holy Ghost can be on earth, but yet cannot function. So the Holy Spirit's body enables him to live and to function, to have a habitation on the earth realm. And this has been God's purpose before the world began. God's purpose, I've said it before, because, but I don't want to go into that teaching because I've taught something like that before. When I said when God was creating Adam in, and Eve in the garden, in his prophetic inclinations or his futuristic view, he was actually creating a house or a home for himself. Something like that. Is that not true? But I don't want to go into that because that's not what I really want to talk about. Amen. And it's so important. It's important we know that the Spirit of God is God. It's also important we know that the Spirit of God owns a body. And that body is identified with him. Amen. 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 The Spirit of God is in possession with a body. Without that body, there will be a problem. It will be impossible for God to populate his kingdom without a body. No matter how powerful God is, we know God is, the Spirit of God is so powerful, is that not true? There is nothing he cannot do. I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's the Spirit of God speaking. Is there anything too hard for me? But even though nothing is too hard for him, it will be difficult for him to add more members to his family or populate the kingdom without a body. Because it will be difficult for him to express himself on earth without a body. The Spirit of God is only able to fully express himself legally on the earth realm because he owns a body. It is that body that we refer to as the body of Christ. Why? Because in the original intent of God, God was going to create a body for the new man and also create a body for the spirit of Christ. So when we say that a body for the Holy Spirit or a body of the Holy Spirit or the body of Christ, we actually refer to the, a body of the spirit of Christ or a body for the spirit of God. Or a body for the spirit of the Lord. is the same person. Is that not true? Is that true? So a body for the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ. Oh, is that not powerful? For in him dwells all the fullness of Godhead. Colossians 2, 9 says bodily. How? Bodily. So he is not just the fullness of Godhead. He is the fullness of Godhead. But he is, he is the fullness of Godhead bodily. So when we see Jesus coming, we are looking at the totality of God in a body, in a physical body. So that even though he's the totality of God, we can still 
relate with him physically because he can touch. So John, take us to 1 John chapter 1. John, I'm, I'm using Jesus as, as an example because you see, we talk about the deity of Jesus and the humanity of Jesus. Is that not true? The same way we talk about the deity of the Spirit of God and the humanity of the Spirit of God. In the same manner. When we say the deity of Jesus, we say Jesus is God. When we say his humanity, it means that this God was in a human flesh. So we say great is the mystery of godliness. That God came in a human form or human flesh. And then Hebrews, where Paul talks about the fact that he took on the likeness, not the likeness of angels, but the likeness of the seed of Abraham. Then Paul says again in Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, even though was in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the likeness of men. You see, too, why, do, why do they write that? So that we don't only regard him, his, his divinity, but we regard his humanity also. Because without his humanity, he will not be able to... Stafford, are you in church? Are you here? Are you following? Without the humanity of Jesus, <laughs> shout glory. glory. I think that she's blinking plenty. I'm trying to see whether she's processing what I'm saying. Processing what I'm saying. Or... So without his humanity, we wouldn't be able to... That's what Paul, uh, 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 Peter speaking says that uh, Peter says that we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He says, we have, not, we have not announced or believed or told you fables, stories. But says we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. You know, we, we saw him in person, in bodily form. In fact, when we saw him at first, we didn't believe that that was God. We thought it was just a man. Until after walking with him and hearing his words, we realized that this Jesus, this is God in bodily form. Shout hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. How important that is. So you see that in Paul's writings. To let us know his likeness. His likeness. How he took upon himself the likeness of men. Even though he was God. Housed in a body. Is that not powerful? So in the same way, we talk about the spirit of God as God. Tabernacled. In the, in the human body that he possesses or he owns. That is the humanity of the Holy Spirit. But you see, sometimes we are tempted as Christians, this thing I'm sharing with you, if you meet any minister who has been in the system for a long time and has not studied certain things, he will begin to, he will begin to, he may not fully comprehend what I'm sharing. Because sometimes we, why, why? Because sometimes we are tempted to emphasize on the deity and leave the importance of the humanity. You see, the deity is important, but the bodily form is also very important. If you understand what I said, shout glory to that. Glory. And if it's, if it's not important, it will not be recorded in the scriptures, especially in the New Testament. What is recorded? What I'm about to share with you. Come on, shout glory. These things will not be recorded. So I said that when we talk about the body of Christ, we are talking about right this time, we are talking about the body of the spirit of Christ. Who is the Holy Ghost? Or the body of the spirit of God?
the physical body of the Spirit of God. The physical body of the Spirit of Christ. The physical body of Christ. The Spirit of Christ is Christ. Come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So, John says that that which we have seen, have you written it down? Have you written it down? It's very important. The physical body, the physical body is important. The spirit of Christ, you're talking about the physical body of the spirit of Christ. The physical body of the spirit of God. The physical body of the spirit of Christ. The physical body of the spirit of Christ. Is it clear? So that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. And this is so important. See, the thing sometimes we share looks like a preaching topic because that's what we, we are used to preaching sermons. That's not true. Last week I said something about truth. Very important. We have, the church has emphasized on the deity of the Holy Spirit, the divinity of the Holy Spirit, and all of, all of that. And we've left his body behind. You've left his body behind. But there is a role of the body. Come on, shout glory. glory. So John says that which you have seen concerning Jesus and heard, declare we know from the start from verse 1. Oh, is that not powerful? powerful. Chapter 1 from verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have done what? Did John see Jesus with his eyes? Yes, he did. The beloved of Jesus. In fact, when Jesus was on the cross, he left his mother to John. This same John. He was, the, he was he's referred to as Jesus' beloved among his disciples. Jesus loved him. So now he had received the Holy Ghost. He had matured. He had come to knowledge, light, illumination. And was writing this epistle. And then he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. You see how important it was for them to see Jesus with their eyes so that Jesus would not be the totality of God in the spirit. And nobody could really see him, but he's just doing things. And they just see blind and say, hey, then they see me. They could see him. They saw him touch a blind person. They saw him command demons to come out. They saw him hold loaves of bread. They saw him sit in the ship or canoe or whatever they sat in. They saw him touch a leopard person, a person with leprosy. They saw him touch. They saw him eat with Zacchaeus in his house. Did you, did you understand what I'm talking about? So this is that which we have heard, which we have seen with our colo colo eyes. Say colo colo eyes. This is which we have looked upon. We have looked upon him. And our hands have handled of the word of life. Why would John write it like this? You could have written anything else that Jesus came. You see Paul saying that, and Jesus great the mystery of God, and God came in the flesh. God did what? Came in the flesh. He came in the flesh. He came living in the flesh. Oh, is that not strange and powerful? Who understands what I'm explaining now? That is the same when it comes to 
the Holy Spirit. Now take us to John chapter 14. Let me just finish this thing quickly. Come on, shout glory. glory. Is that not powerful? Sometimes I teach things that are not in people's book. What do you guys think? John chapter 14, verse 18. Very important. God did not give us these truths for nothing. What do you guys think? This truth is going to nations. It says, I will not leave you comfortless. Can you start from verse 16 somewhere so that we can know what he's talking about quickly because of our time? I said, I'll pray the Father. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Mm-hmm. Semicolon. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. He, this, he does what? He does not see him. Why? Because when he was talking to his disciples, the disciples were seeing the spirit of truth. Why? The disciples were seeing Jesus. They were seeing the spirit of God tabernacled in Jesus. Did you, do you get what I said? Yes, Master. Are you in church? Yes, Master. Because the Holy Ghost was in Jesus too. So the disciples were seeing this Jesus, God, fullness of God, bodily. They were seeing the Holy Ghost. They were actually seeing the humanity of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. They were seeing the presence of God in Jesus. Is that powerful? They were seeing the presence of God in Jesus. They were seeing the Spirit of God in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the presence of the Father. So I've said it before. I said, what teaching was that? Can I remember that teaching? Is that not powerful? The Fatherhood of God. When I said there is the Father in heaven and there is the Father on earth. The Father on earth is the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit is the presence of the Father. So when you see the Holy Spirit standing there like this, you are seeing the Father standing there. He is the Spirit, the Spirit that proceeds from the Father. The Holy Ghost. So Jesus said, the Father who dwells in me, John 14, verse 10. The Father who dwelleth in me, says he does the works. There is the Father in heaven. How do we know? Because a voice spoke from heaven. When Jesus was on the earth realm, a voice spoke. This is my beloved son. The Bible says the voice spoke from eternal glory. Or from excellent glory. This is my beloved son. Hear him. This is my beloved son. They heard the voice. Who was speaking? The Father in heaven. Who was doing the works? The Father in him. Oh, I didn't hear glory to that. So you see, why is this important? When we understand the fatherhood of the spirit living in us, we will not need the father in heaven to come and do. We would live and relate to the father who lives in us for things to be accomplished on this earth. What the church has left behind is this understanding. It is an underlining truth, but the church has left it behind. For so many years, we've, we've programmed the church to always want to look unto the Father in heaven. But the Father in heaven says, I am here. Lo, I am with you always. Here. Now, what can you do through me? Or what can I do through you? 
Or how can we live on this earth as heavenly people? That is what the church has put down. That world changes we are bringing up again. So you see, most of our messages are talking about the Holy Ghost living in us and all that. It's not because people don't know the Holy Spirit or people don't, have not heard about the Holy Spirit. It's because people know, don't know that the Holy Spirit living in them is actually God himself living in them. That what you would ever need God to do from heaven, he is doing it from you. So if you are able to relate with him the best way you can, in a very significant manner, then you begin to see your life as a life or a person through which God accomplishes his purpose. Did you hear what I said? One of the most amazing realities to me is the fact that I am not looking for the Holy Ghost on the mountain. I never forget. It's always with me. And I just thank God. Sometimes I say, Father, we thank you for this. That we are not looking for the Holy Ghost somewhere. Or we are not searching for God somewhere. Thank God he lives in us. If you, if you, is this not powerful? So he said, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. That's the world. The world does not see him. But they, the disciples who were with Jesus, were seeing him. But they were not aware because their understanding had not yet been opened. Then it says, for he dwells with you. Because at that time, Jesus, you see how Jesus said the spirit of truth. Yet he was also talking to himself. Because of the union of the spirit man of Jesus with the Holy Spirit. There is that union. Say there is that union. Jesus neither knoweth him. Why are Christians living and begging God every time? Why don't we channel all our questions to the God who is with us? Why don't we channel our questions to the God who lives in us? Why? Because we have not taught this truth enough. So we are not conscious of God living in us, even though we are Christians. We are not conscious of Christ living in us. Christ must not descend to heal the sick. Why? Because he has descended in the person of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. There is no miracle or the life of glory that God has set us in, he has set us in a life of glory, can only be seen when we begin to walk with the spirit of glory, the Holy Ghost. It's so important. It gives you a 100% assurance, no matter where you find yourself. No matter where you find yourself now. It also, this truth guides you after the Spirit of God has enlarged you and made you great, you still relate with him to be more greater. I didn't hear, what, I didn't hear an amen to that. Amen. That is for he dwells with you because he was with them and shall be in you. That was Jesus speaking. Even the Spirit of truth, for he dwelleth which you are what the world does not see. But you see. He was talking to the disciples. So when he was talking and he said that if you have seen me, 
The same word see. You have seen the father. Then Philip said, show us the father. Why? Because Philip wanted to see the father. That is the plight with the church now. We still want to look for the father. You see, we still want to look for him even though he's in us. We have been programmed to kind of look for him. But that's not the truth. So that's why he dwells with you and shall be where? In you. I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter. Even the spirit of truth. He says, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Go to verse 18. This is not powerful. Who caught what I just said there? He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He was talking to the disciples. Why? Because see, in the mind of God and in the mind of Jesus, after the resurrection of Jesus, they were going to create a body. That is in his mind. So when he says, I will come to you, he's not talking about coming on the rapture or coming during the second coming of Jesus. No. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. The word comfortless is orphanos. That's the word we get orphan from. I will not leave you parentless. I will not leave you without a mother or a father. I have a message I've never taught before, the parental responsibility of the Holy Ghost. So after I saw this thing here, I realized something, that the Holy Spirit is your actual parent. Jesus said, Jesus called him my father. So a Christian who even understands this truth will not say, I wasn't born, when I was born, my parents, I never saw them, and that is why I, I, my life has become like that. I've become a bad boy. I've become like this. I've become this. I, I cannot reach anywhere in life because I was born uh, I, I, so, 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 and all of that. No. Once you, receive, once you are born again, you are received into your father. He has become your new parent. He guides you. Christians are not guided by the Spirit. Christians are not led by the Spirit. Christians are not taught and trained by the Spirit. We are trained by everything in this world apart from the Spirit of truth. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. And thank God for WCN. Is that not powerful? So I'll not leave you without parent. I will come to you. Now, he has come. Because the Holy Ghost has been given. Shout hallelujah to that. So you read the scriptures and you discover that this thing was planned. That is why Sunday I mentioned Genesis chapter 2. When it says that the wife was taken from the rape of the husband of Adam. And it says that for this cause shall a man leave his father, his mother, and they two shall be joined together and they shall be what? One flesh. He started announcing that in Genesis. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Because we read that Sunday. I don't want us to go into that because of my time. I want to make sure. Come and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6. So I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Shout glory to that. Glory. It says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. 
that the Gentiles, can you go to verse 5? So that it become, you can start from somewhere. He says, which in, uh, this is Paul. Oh, Paul. I pray that the revelation that was given to Paul and Peter in their epistles will be active in the body of Christ. Amen. Is that not powerful? So important. Not many ministers have a message. which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Uh -huh. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. He's talking about our sharing in, should be partakers, it's talking about our sharing in the body of Christ. Our participation in the body of Christ. Then go to Ephesians chapter 5. And the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. <laughs> we'll get to this scripture again when we were reading down. So the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Ephesians chapter 5. From verse 20 or from verse what? Is that not powerful? From verse 29. It's so powerful. So powerful. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. The scripture says there is one body and one spirit. There is one body. They too shall be one flesh. They too shall be one flesh. So we are sharers in the body of Christ. But when we are born again and we are received into the Holy Spirit, we are received into the Holy Ghost, into the body of Christ. Did you hear what I said? We are received into the Holy Ghost, into the body of Christ. Then we are born again. Then the Holy Spirit comes into us in that same body. I wish I could give a... a, a a pictorial something of that, or a diagrammatic uh, something of that. It looks so simple. Those days when I used to study these things, yeah, many years ago, I used to study them very well. I would draw all of them on a piece of paper and paste them so that when I wake up, I'll be seeing them every day. I'll draw a body and draw a human spirit and draw a person in the human spirit and that kind of thing. Now I don't do that. Amen. You can do it for yourself. For no man yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. So he's saying that the, the church is his own flesh. The church is the own flesh of Jesus. Did you hear what I said? The church is the own flesh of Jesus. <laughs> or the church is Jesus' own flesh. So that, that 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 church will not think that this is his flesh, but to rather think that this is Christ's flesh. So he says that, but now he said, uh -huh, continue, call on. For we are members of his body. We are, say I am. I am. We are members, we are parts, body parts of Christ's body, of his flesh, 
and of his very bones. Is that not powerful? For we are members of his body. We are members. We are body parts of the body of Christ. The body of who? The body of Christ is the body of the spirit of Christ. So this we are members. We are body parts. We are. He's talking about us, our bodies. He's saying, he's saying that our bodies are parts, body parts of Christ. Is that not powerful? He's given us an understanding of his ownership of our bodies. Because the church belongs to him. The church of Jesus belongs to Jesus. The church of Jesus, is that not true? It says, I'll build my church. It didn't say, I'll build who? But our last church. It says, I'll build my church. And that my church is talking about is his body. It's, it's his assembly. The gathering of his people. Which is also his body. It says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'll build my church. What is yours? Is it not yours? So now he says we are members. The word members are body parts of his body. Of his very flesh and of his bones. I thought I'd hear glory to that. Glory. 31. Uh-huh. He says for this reason, for this cause, shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. For this reason shall a man leave his mother Leave his father and shall be joined. The word join them, he shall be united unto his wife. And they too shall not be two flesh, but they too shall be one flesh. Then he says, This I speak, continue. This is a great mystery. Oh, is this mystery what we are, we are demystifying the mystery right now? Is that not true? So this is a great mystery, but I speak. Concerning Christ and the church. So he, what is he talking about? He's telling us that when he said that for this cause shall a man leave the father and the mother and they, they too and they shall be joined unto the wife. The man leave the father and they shall be joined unto the wife. And they too shall be one flesh. What he was announcing in Genesis was a similitude. Ah. Write that one down. It's very important. What he was saying in Genesis that they too shall be one flesh for this cause. Blah, 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 so that you remember when, you, when we close, you can write it well. <laughs> Shout glory. Hmm. Who is in church this evening? I'm not an ordinary person. I'm owned by God. My body is God's body. He owns it. It's Christ's own. Do you understand what I'm saying? This truth puts you out of where you are thinking that maybe there's a sickness that will kill you. No. This puts you out because that body is not your body. Yes, why will Christ's body die of sickness? Oh, you didn't catch that. But as we continue, I have a lot of scriptures to raise so that we can close. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Oh, two, two days ago, in the Rhapsody of Realities. Some of you don't read Rhapsody. Some of you read Rhapsody of Realities in the morning. Let's up your hands and let me see. 
If you read the Rhapsody, let me see. You don't read the Rhapsody of Realities. But we put it there just for you. You see, in Rhapsody of Realities, that Pastor Chris talked about two days ago, he said, ask the right questions. And as I read that, that Rhapsody, I just shook my head. We must ask questions. And ask the right questions. And he used Gideon as an example. That when the angel said, Thou mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Just me, a mighty man of valor. If the Lord is with me, why is it that we are not seeing the miracles that our fathers told us of? That's the question for every Christian. If the Lord is in me, if I am the body of Christ, why can't I do miracles and change my life? You didn't hear what I said? I've asked that question for about 100, years, 100 times. If the Lord lives in me, why can't I just change somebody's life? And I say it every time. If the Lord is with me, why can't I just transfer some wealth? And that is all. If the Lord is in me, why? He multiplied loops. See, are these things not strange and powerful? Those are questions we ask the Holy Ghost. Even yesterday night, I was asking. Holy Ghost, we have to see miracles beyond the modern world. What we have read in the book, if it cannot be duplicated, then it's a story. The one who wrote what was done is the Holy Spirit. The one who did what was written is the same Holy Ghost. Did you hear what I said? You didn't hear what I said. And I was thinking about how somebody can just throw a stone and can kill a, a, a Goliath, just threw a, threw a stone went and killed him. How somebody can just go with some few men for battle, blow a trumpet, and all the people are confused. If the spirit begins to confuse people in your office, is it not, is it not possible? How the spirit of God is able to magnify the steps of four lepers? These are mighty works of the Holy Spirit. These are, these are mighty works of the Holy Spirit recorded by the Holy Ghost himself for us. Did you hear what I said? So these are questions you ask and you move with the Holy Ghost until we see, I say it every time that church is not church to me until I see what is written in the book duplicated on this earth. Because whereas 50,000 views how to deal with the spirit of witchcraft. But where is all these things coming from? But that's what appeals to the senses. I know I have an assignment on this earth. It can't be stopped by any man. It can only be stopped by me myself. And I, I don't say it proudly. I'm so convicted. I know there is somebody who must introduce what has been left behind. Some of these truths have been thrown somewhere. We are celebrating spirit of witchcraft. Do you, do you understand what I'm talking about? Can you mention the name of a person who is the body of Christ in the witchcraft of Kovu and have results, witchcraft results? But is it happening with Christians? Yes. Paul said we should take advantage of this grace. Says I speak so he was he's telling us that when he said that a man shall live and there shall be one flesh, what he announced in Genesis was a similitude of what he was going to do in the dispensation of Christ, which he has done. So the same way we say the man and the husband or the man and the wife, whatever it is, have become one flesh. That same way he's saying that Christ and the church have also become one flesh. But you see, 
the one who owns the church is Christ. So the one who owns the flesh is Christ. You hear what I said? Christ is the chief owner of the flesh. So that in our very correct understanding, we wouldn't say we own our flesh. We wouldn't say my body is this. Because it's not your body. Can I show you some scriptures? You see, so, once you are received into Christ, I said it last week also, let me mention that one. You are baptized into the body. Can we see that scripture? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, quickly. Let me, let's see that scripture again, because some of you, I don't even think you remember what I said. Can I do an exam right now? So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, quickly. Quickly. We have, if we had time, we would have read the whole 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 17. And all that. But who is, who is understanding what I'm saying? So the body of Christ is the body of the spirit of Christ. And the spirit of Christ owns that body. And imagine if the spirit of Christ, as mighty as he is, owns this body. The question is, what can he do through that body? Sometimes when I think about some of the works of the Holy Spirit... And I know that he's not absent and we are chasing. That's why if he's absent, we are chasing him. And we, somebody, somebody, is, <laughs> somebody has kept him somewhere and we are all forced our way to get to him. That's different. Is that not true? But that's not what has happened now. <laughs> uh, I verse, verse what? 12. For as the body is one, the body is what? And has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Uh -huh. Verse 13. Quickly, I, I don't think I can. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. For by one spirit. Have you seen it there? The word baptized means baptizo, deep into, immersed, by one spirit. So when the spirit of God receives us when we are born again, or receives our spirit, he receives our spirit into the body. That is why I said that God had an intent to create a body for the new man and for the spirit of Christ. Did you hear what I said? That body is our body. Our bodies. The body of the new man and the spirit of Christ. And because the spirit of Christ dwells in that body, that body belongs to him. Don't forget that. It looks like I just said it simply. We belong to Jesus. We belong to Christ. He belongs to us. Our bodies are his. This is for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews, Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So what are we doing? We are drinking into one spirit. We've been made to drink into one spirit. No wonder Jesus told the woman, says the water that I give you, if you drink, you will never test. The woman said, then give me that one. So that I don't even come to this well again. Because she didn't understand also. <laughs> you see, thank God that we understand those things. Is that not a privilege? It's a privilege sir. 
if that woman could win all those souls without understanding that, just with the prophetic, uh, what do you call it? Then what should we be winning? How many souls should we be winning with just these tools? How many lives should we be changing? Why should people be jobless in the body of Christ? Why should people be broke in the body of Christ? Why should we carry the, this great person? Why should we be the body of this great person and be struggling? Those are the right questions to ask. Who do you ask? Ask the Holy Ghost. He's the spirit of truth. And let him guide you and lead you into your inheritance in him. Will you, did you hear what I said? When I finish this teaching, you must give me a seed. I wish I had time, but I can't go into this one. Is that not powerful? There is this word that is so important that I think explains this one that I mentioned last week. Adoption. Adoption. The spirit of God is called the spirit. Take us to Galatians chapter 4 quickly, verse 5. Galatians 4, 5. I want to make sure I close this thing. Is that not true? Who is hearing something? Sometimes when I sit down when I, I see that I'm not able to change life the way I want. I feel so disappointed. You come and see me sitting down like that, thinking, calculating a lot of things. It's not money I'm calculating. I'm calculating lives. I'm seeing lives that must change before me. I'm seeing the body of Christ approaching a, a person who needs a change. Are you catching what I'm saying? We can change lives in a massive way through the supernatural. the supernatural. We have to take advantage of these things. Is that not powerful? It says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That we might receive, you see the word, the adoption. Go to verse 6 and let me see whether there is something strange there. And because you are sons, God has set forth the spirit of his son into your heart. Do you see there? Crying, Abba, Father, because you are sons. But he says that he has adopted us into sonship. The word adopt there is similar to the legal adoption, but legal adoption is such that you are taking somebody who is not your son and making, making the person your own and taking care of the person and all of that. But this word adopt also means to Make your own. To make some, somebody your own. So this, he has adopted us. and He has made us his own. Now, uh, we should be conscious of ownership. Who owns us? I said what? We should be conscious of who owns us. Every Christian should be conscious of who, is, who owns him. Say, God owns me. That means I belong to him. Is that not true? If God owns me, I can't be dealing with demons. I've gone beyond. He owns me. Is there something clear there? Go to Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 5 quickly because of my time. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. You see the same with adoption. To adopt. The word there means to make someone your own. To bring somebody to be your own. 
So this is not somebody that does not belong to you, or is not your son, who belongs to somebody else, and you bring to home and say, no, no. Throughout this time, you have, he has brought us and made us his own. He says, you belong to me, Sister Steph, you are mine. Did you hear what I said? So God says that you are his. You belong to him. He has received you into his body. Say, I have been received into the body of Christ. I have been received into the spirit of Christ. Into the body of Christ. Is that clear? So he says that what? Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. You see the word there again. And that's a very important word. Another name for the Holy Ghost, the spirit of adoption. The spirit that brings us, adopts us into Christ. The spirit that brings us into Christ. And it's through the spirit of God that we know that we are owned by Christ. Because he says that if anyone does not have the Holy Ghost, he does not belong to Christ. So the Holy Ghost in a person is a seal. It's a proof that that person belongs to Christ. If you heard that, shout glory. glory. So it's not just to speak in tongues. It's for us to also have a present day consciousness, a present day reality, a present day knowing that we belong to Christ. Do you know who you are dealing with? That should be what you are talking about. It's not Jesus, save me, help me. Hey, Jesus. You are dealing with me. I belong to Christ. Do you know who Christ is? He's the head of all principalities and powers. It is by Christ that all things consist. The day he withdraws himself, all of Elon Musk's works will fall on his head. He's holding all the things in place. That is Christ. He is the owner of the universe. That is Christ. And he wants us to own the universe with him. Oh, one day we will prove something. <laughs> Come on, shout glory. glory. We started proving that that's not what we want. We, we, what we are proving is not what we want. What do you guys think? Yesterday night as I was praying, I was just searching. I don't even open the Bible. I've read the Bible, read all this. I don't even open I just search through the scripture. My whole head is going through the scripture as I'm praying. I prayed that when it was 6 o'clock, I, I, I was just sat on the chair. I was just thinking. I said, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Somebody must turn this world upside down. What do you guys think? Because you search through the scriptures. You look at the life of the earthly ministry of Jesus. The work of Jesus. Wow. can look at it and analyze and see. Since we have told all the night and we have nothing. That was Jesus, Peter's first encounter with that Jesus. Full of the spirit. We've told all the night and had nothing. Is that no strange? Even the prophet of God, Elisha, that we are greater than. The woman ran to him and said that I have debt. They are carrying all my children away. 
are these things fables or things that really happened? Somebody asked me some years. Was it Pastor Bedou asked me? He says that it looks that for many years we've not seen a man of God who does such kind of things. It's an old shoes. It's an old shoes. So you say adoption. adoption. Now go to first. When I said old shoes, he's the only one who understands. So when you finish, so you see to him, you understand it. Something we talked about about 11 years or something ago. Is that not powerful? Because of my time, take me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I wish, I'll give you an assignment. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 12 to the end. See, I can't explain that today, but go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 so that I don't miss quickly because of my time. Is that not powerful? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 13. Then we read 15 to 20. So 13, is it there? It says, meats for the belly. To go to verse 12. It looks like where this one starts from. There was no colon or interjunction or whatever it is. It just jumped, meats for the belly. Why? All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And that is, this is so important. I explained the last time. The ability not to be brought under the power of anything, apart from the spirit. Some of us, we are brought under the power of a lot of things. The power of hunger. The power of sleep. We are brought under. Some of you are here, you are all sleeping. Some of you are sleeping. You are brought under the power of sleep. Do you hear what I said? Yes, <laughs> you are brought under the power of laziness. There are Christians who open their Bibles and the next thing is those. They can watch anything, never sleep. By the time they open their epistles or they begin to listen to my message, they will do like this. By the time they wake up, the message has ended. They are brought under the power. Some are brought under the power of watching. We are fasting from the 25th to the 3rd of August. Shout glory. 25th to 3rd. So that on the 3rd you can pray for me. I need a lot of prayers. What do you guys think? I'm seeing the world as a place that I can just control easily. What do you guys think? The Holy Ghost told me, say, when I'm through with you, you will not call anybody to follow you. They will all be following you. If people knew who, who you were from the day you were born. I had a vision like that. I was walking around the, the secondary school at Legon, and I met three angels. And they said, you, those days I was praying too much. I think I was so desperate for something. It says, you, if people knew who you were from the day you were born. They would have been following you till now. Because their life is in your hands. I see myself change lives. Nothing satisfies me than a changed life. That's when I see somebody who gets one testimony and because of that he never hears my message. I wonder. That is not enough change. We are talking about transformation. We are talking about transformation. And we are going to pray. And we are going to fast. And we are going to meditate until there is that change. I say it every time. I think I wanted to share something. When Noah was building the ark, all the people said, this man is talking plenty, he's talking plenty. Until one day, they realized that it's the ark that will save them. One day, you realize that maybe your parents' cancer are the one who heal. That's why I'm wild here. But you may not know. 
Do you know that now? No selfishness. Don't be selfish. All you are thinking about is you. 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 Some of us, we are living not for ourselves. And when we live for him, he will bless us. What do you guys think? There are a lot of lives out there that are struggling. A lot of Christians who don't know their left from their right. A lot of Christians. A lot of unbelievers who don't even know that there is a Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not exp- I just ended my 10 days fasting today. I'll start again on the 25th. How can you rest? There must be, there must be a delivery of a baby. Did you get what I'm talking about? There must be a release of that child. Until the child comes, can you, those of you have been, you have been, what do you call it? Until the child comes, can you just be easy and be eating? People ask me, say, why do you fast like that? Because when a person is pregnant, until the child comes, you can't be sitting down in your pregnancy, knife, you've gone all the stages, knife, knife stage, you are sitting down eating wache, as if nothing is happening. Until the child is brought forth, you cannot be easy. Is that true? Is that, is that true? You are betting out a revolution. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of, a, of any. That's Paul writing. I will not be brought under the power of any. Say it after me. Say, I will not be brought under the power of any. I will not be brought under the power of sin. I will not be brought under the power of sickness. I will not be brought under the power of laziness. I will not be brought under the power of anything. Now continue. Meats for the belly. You see that? So some are brought under the power of meats. What do you guys think? Some people are looking at me because I like meat plenty. Meats for the belly and belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Then he says, now, are you here? Are you here? Now the body is not for fornication. But the body is for the Lord. Is what? This, this is a very powerful truth. It says, the body is for the Lord. That means the body belongs to the Lord. And it says, and the Lord for the body. So, <laughs> the Lord, Jesus, belongs to my body. And my body belongs to Jesus. Think, think about this thing again. The Lord belongs to my body, or the body belongs to the Lord, Jesus. Then the Lord also belongs to my body. <laughs> what do you guys think about this one? I looked to all the translations. Nobody could get anything for me. <laughs> Continue. The Lord belongs to my body. The Lord belongs to me. The Lord belongs to me. The Lord belongs to me. What do you guys think? I have a message I explained, I, I taught many years ago, the managers of God. This is what he's talking about. The managers of God. Those who manage God. <laughs> I said on Sunday that they have, God uses us and we use him. This is it. You can use God. 
but not abandon him like those other people. And God can use you. God uses you and you use God. You use God for a transformation. He uses you for also a transformation. So he says the Lord, the body belongs to the Lord and the Lord also belongs to the body. So the body says, Lord, you are mine. And the Lord says, body, you are mine. Is that not powerful? What, 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 a, what a reality. <laughs> that the human mind can't even comprehend. Verse 14. And God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise up by his own power. Verse 15. Now, know ye not that your bodies are the members, body parts of Christ? Don't you know? Say, we know now. We know now. Say, I know now. I know now. Or knock somebody. Say, I know. I know. I know now. So he says, don't you know? Because he wants us to know. Don't you know that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. So he says, the body parts, our body parts, our body parts of Christ, members, body faculties your hands, and all the other parts of your body. It says, they all are members of Christ. They all belong to Christ. Why? Because you are his body. And he is your body. Did you catch what I just said? He says, don't you know? Now continue. I don't want to dwell on the members, body parts of Christ. My, say, my body... Our bodies, our bodies are the members of Christ. So universally, we are all members of Christ. Individually, we are all members of Christ. That means that as Pastor Obed is there, he is the body of Christ. His members, body parts, are all body parts of Christ. Then also universally, as a church, collectively, as the body of Christ, every individual represents a member of the body of Christ. So when, if we have time, we'll go to First Corinthians chapter 12, from, from verse 12 to 17 and all that. But you read that on your own, you catch it there. That's why he explains that further. The universality of the body of Christ is very, is very powerful. But it says, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? So he says that if a person is joined to an harlot, that person is, is, is identified with the harlot and recognized as an harlot with the person... If a person is joined with an harlot, he is also an harlot. Now, if the person is joined to the Lord, he's also what? He's also what? Oh, who was saying something? He was afraid like that. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Do you see there? He says, don't you know? Know ye not? Why? He wants us to know. Are we not knowing this evening before we go home? So, know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot... Is one body for two said he shall be one flesh. So the one who sleeps with an harlot is also a harlot automatically. Think about it. The one who is joined to an harlot is a harlot. What about the one who is joined to the Lord? The one who is joined to the Lord is what? It's one with the Lord. So it's it shall be one flesh. Go to verse 17. So I feel that this thing 
meat or milk? <laughs> but he that is joined unto the Lord is not going to a union of spirits. He that is, where is the Lord? He says the Lord is that spirit. Who has said that scripture before? Now the Lord is that spirit. Sister Steph, have you heard that scripture before? It looks like you are feeling cold, Sister Steph. <laughs> now the Lord is that spirit. But, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. The Lord is that spirit. So he says, he that is joined unto the Lord, or he that is joined unto the spirit of the Lord, or he that is joined unto the spirit of Christ, how are we joined when we are born again and our spirits are received into the Holy Ghost? We have become one with the Holy Ghost. Inseparable oneness. Unity, union. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So there is one spirit. Is that what he's talking about? Yes, I'll continue to verse 18 so that you see there is only one spirit. That is why he says that our bodies, we call it our bodies, but it is his body. Because they said there is a, a joint participation. We are sharing in one another. Say one, 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 one. Do your hand like say one, 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 one. One spirit. Not two spirits in a body. That's what he says. It says one spirit. It's one, two. One is one. It's only here that one plus one is one. In the scriptures, one plus one is one. In mathematics, one plus one is two. <laughs> Facts and reality. If you missed last week, <laughs> go and listen. What is truth? It says, flee fornication. Everything that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. Now continue, verse 19, because we are not talking about fornication today. What? Oh, shout hallelujah. This is what I want you to see. It says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? The temple of the Holy Ghost. What defines your body is the Holy Ghost that lives in you. Not your area that you live in. Not what, whatever pain is happening in your body. What defines your body is the person living in it and is the Holy Ghost. This is what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Who is in you? Which you have of God, or what, which you have received of God, and you are not your own. You are not what? So you are not your own. So I'm not my own. So when I say my head is aching, I'm saying I'm my own. Did you hear what I said? So when he's talking about the humanity of the spirit, he's talking about this, the Holy Ghost dwelling in your body for you to have an understanding that that body is his. We cannot talk about the physical or bodily presence of the spirit, like I said earlier, when I began, 
without recognizing this truth. The truth that we are not our own. We are his. We are joined with him inside of us. And henceforth, like the scripture says, we no longer recognize anybody after the flesh. Henceforth, we no longer realize our bodies as our bodies because he has laid claim on our bodies. And he says it belongs to him. So your wig does not belong to you, sister. What do you guys think? It's the wig of the Holy Ghost. So somebody can just touch your wig and be healed. You can even remove the wig and put it down and somebody can be healed with it. Or a businessman will just prosper with that one. That's what I'm talking about, the kind of manifestation that we can see. It says that the aprons and handkerchiefs were healing the sick. Is apron and wig not the same? What's the difference? It's not a material medium. No, no, no. It's apron and handkerchief different. The difference is one person had, had, had perfected his work with the spirit and was enjoying that. Did you get what I said? You can remove your watch and put it down. And it will cause a change somewhere. You can remove your shoes and put it there. Somebody will just wear it. That is all. The leg pain has disappeared. What do you guys think? It's not only with healing. Material miracles. I can't wait to see this thing happening in the body of Christ. Lift up and say it's happening, it's happening. But this, you are not your own. Now, we have to be conscious that we are not our own. It's a, it's, it, we must be, that's why I'm teaching this. That my body is the Holy Ghost. It's for the Holy Ghost. My body is the human side of the Holy Spirit. Through my body, the Holy Ghost have a bodily presence on earth. Should I say that again? Through my body, the Holy Ghost has a physical presence on earth. A bodily presence on earth. earth. In us dwelleth all the fullness of the Holy Ghost bodily. So I am the walking presence of the spirit. I said what? I'm the walking presence of the spirit. So you say my stomach is paining me. So no, that's not your stomach. The Holy Ghost is faced with it. It's not your stomach. You just say it's my stomach. The Holy Ghost says it's not your stomach. Say it's my stomach. Say it's not yours. <laughs> I say, it says, we being many are one bread. One bread. Hey, the day I'll teach that truth, maybe I'll, we'll all lie down here concerning the communion. Anytime I read that scripture, first Corinthians chapter 10, I say, we being many are one bread. Hey. There are certain truths I think English can teach well. What do you guys think? Let's go to verse so that I can close right now. 9.30. For ye are bought with a price. See why it says that you are not your own? You don't own yourself. You don't do what? Who owns you? The spirit. Who are you? The physical, bodily presence of the spirit. Without your body, the spirit of God doesn't have a bodily presence on earth. Don't forget that. 
Without our bodies, the Spirit of God doesn't have a physical presence. Did you hear what I said? You can write down. It's very important. He can't put what? He will just be the Spirit of God without me. But with me, living in me, he is the bodily Spirit of God. Do you see the difference I'm giving you now? But you see, it says you are not your own. It says, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In your body and in your spirit that belongs to God. Go to New Living Trans- uh, NIV. Uh, let me close with that one. Who caught what I just said now? So, we are the bodily presence. Because it says, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? What's a temple? A dwelling place. The Greek calls it a shrine. Every Christian is a shrine of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian is a shrine. So somebody said, I went to the shrine. You don't need to go to the shrine. You say, I am a shrine myself. The word temple means a shrine. So he's saying that why? Paul was writing with that mentality of those who goes to all those idols and all that. And he says that, don't you know that you are the shrine of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. When you bought that car, did it still belong to a pers- another person? Ralph when you bought that car, did it still belong to another person? When you bought this watch, did it still belong to another person? Who owns the watch? So you say, I have bought the, wa- the watch with a price. Therefore, it belongs to me. That's what he's saying here. That we have been bought with a price. He says we are not bought with silver and gold and, and things that perish. We are bought by the precious blood of Jesus. The eternal... We are, we are bought, bought with a, a substance that is eternal. A price that has eternal value. Not a perishable something like gold or silver. Did you hear that? Jesus, we are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. Glorify God. Not somebody say, glorify God. How do we glorify God? How do we do that when we live for him? How do we do that when we demonstrate him in love? Demonstrate him in faith? Demonstrate him in utterance? When we demonstrate him to the world, they said this first miracle Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. We say we are glorified ones. We are, in the, we are the glory of God. When we do miracles, we manifest our glory. And we are just doing like this, limping every day. They say, ah, these people, the glory of God, or they are now telling us things. If you heard what I just shout, shout glory. This, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Uh-huh. Is that all the NIV can give us here? Give us another translation that is better. The NIV man, when he was writing, I think he was tired. <laughs> what do you guys think? Go to Amplified. We close with this one. Come on, shout glory. 
So we have been bought with a price. Because we have been bought with a price, we no longer belong to ourselves. So our body parts are body parts of Christ. So the watch, the hand that is wearing a watch, or the what? The leg that is wearing a shoe is the leg of Christ. Did you hear what I said? Is the hand of Christ. Next time you are doing a surgical operation in your medical room. Dog, you do. He said, these are all hands of Christ. They can't make mistakes. You can't die at my hands. No. Have you read about that man before? Have you read about that medical doctor before? Van Carlson. Forgotten his name. You were bought with a price. Purchased with a, pres- with a preciousness. And paid for. Made his own. So then, honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Go to TPT2. Have you downloaded that one? Hey, not yet. These people are slow. Should we tell you before, looking at the fact that everybody, every day we are mentioning it? Come on, somebody should read it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were God's expensive purchase. Mm-hmm. With tears of you are, you are God's what? Expensive. You are God's expensive what? Purchase. Mm-hmm. That's the passion translation. Paid for with tears of blood. Uh-huh. So, by all means, so by all means, then, then use your body to bring glory to God. Say, so I'm using my body to bring glory to God. By this time, I should I'll put people in a queue like this. Receive, 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 receive. There's this multiplication of whatever they do. I'm bringing glory to God. God is not glorified when he sees us, sees Christians suffering, dying of cancer, one leg hanging somewhere. He's not glorified. He's glorified when he sees us healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. You come and say, Papa, I saw one demon in that corner there. A demon said, Hey! The demon, when he heard my hair, ran away. Is that not true? So I'm born again. I'm not an ordinary person. The Spirit of God dwells in his body. I dwell in the body of the Holy Ghost. We are one spiritually. I didn't say spiritually. I said what? We are one bodily. He owns me. Now, let me close with this. When you see a home setting, we say the man is the head. Is that not true? In our setting, Christ and the church, Christ is the head. That is why we say he owns us. He is our head. He is the head. We are his body. Did you hear that? So, the head has leadership, has authority over the body. And he takes delight in nourishing us like we are doing. Until, he says, we are built onto a habitation to be the spirit. All the joints fitly framed together. Oh, shout hallelujah. Are built up as an habitation through the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 2, you see it there. Shout glory. glory. Is that not powerful? 
look what I just said right now. So I, I'm, I'm not sharing with this with you so that you can just go home and sleep. I'm sharing this with you so that you can be conscious of who owns you. Who owns your body. And be conscious of where we gone off. Be conscious of the fact that the Spirit of God has a bodily presence because of you. Don't forget it. I'm closing with this. The Spirit of God has what? A bodily presence because of you. The Spirit of God has a humanity because of me, my body. The Spirit of God has a physicality because of me. So it says, in my name, you shall cast out devils. When we are casting out devils, we are putting forth the Spirit of God to work. It says, if I through the finger of God, that's the Spirit of God, do cast out devils. So we cast out devils through two things. The finger of God is the power of God and the authority of Jesus. It says, you shall lay hands. So you should be laying hands on things. Have I said that before? Yes, Pastor. Begin to work it. Is that not powerful? Whatever you are, just bow down your head. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. There is none like you. We pray for the body of Christ. That the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ will be operational. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened throughout the body of Christ. We pray, Lord, that Christians will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. We join our forces with Epaphras and agonize for the body of Christ. That we stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. We pray that Christians will have their minds and their hearts turned to the wisdom that belongs to the just. In the name of Jesus, that you will be children that walk in the truth and see the manifestations of the truth. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this week, for this month. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for what you are preparing us to do on this earth realm. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shout hallelujah. That's how come I brought that song. It's all in me now. It's all in me now. So thank you all for joining us. You can also give your offerings if you are online. God bless you. We love you it's so much. All in me now. Yeah. It's all in me now. Wherever you are, can we just He's all in me now. He's all.